This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back for another episode of Soul Starter, the podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Ashton Whitmoyer-Ober. Hi, Ashton. Hi, that was perfect. Great job. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we were were talking earlier about how to pronounce her last name. We got it. I'm just going to give a quick intro. Uh, Ashton is an author, a public speaker, community psychologist, and a certified Enneagram educator. With a desire to see relationships strengthened, she created Enneagram Ashton in early 2019. She is the author of Enneagram for Relationships, The Two of Us, a three-year couples journal, and the Enneagram Made Simple. And of course, you can find her on Instagram at Enneagram Ashton. So here we go, Ashton. I'm all, I'm so excited to hear all about the Enneagram. I did my homework last night. I took an Enneagram quiz to figure out what my numbers were so that I could. What were they? Uh, a three. And then I had two that actually tied. So I had a three with a two and a one that were like even. So cool. I'm not, a, I'm not like totally sure what that means, but that's what today is about. Yeah. Actually, I'm sure Ashton will tell us. Yeah. I, I um, am a seven, but with a wing eight, which I'm sure you'll tell us all about as well. Right. You can yep. have these like wings. Yeah. But I actually am not surprised at those numbers for you. I did a little bit of browsing on your um, Instagram too, Ashton, last night yeah. afterwards. I was like, these numbers are totally resonating with me. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. That's, what, that's the first thing I always say is like tests are a really great place to start, but it's super important to also like do a deep dive. Like don't just totally like fully trust the test results. Like, because, you know, sometimes we take tests and we answer questions in ways we want other people to perceive us. Or sometimes, you know, we're answering situationally, like depending on how our day went or something like that. And so to do exactly what you did, like dive deeper and be like, oh, yeah, I can see how that relates to my life or resonates in that sort of way. Awesome. Yeah, I I feel like it was pretty on point, but um, I could see how just a handful of years ago, my answers would have been different. So but can we just like dive in? What is the Enneagram for those people who don't know that are just tuning in? Yeah, the Enneagram is an ancient typing system, meaning that it separates us into nine different types or nine different like ways of being, nine different lenses, like however you want to look at that. And when I say old, it is very old. It's between like two to 4,000 years old. It's so old that people don't qu- can't quite pinpoint the date. And so we just know that it's been around, used in um, ancient origins for many years. And it didn't really come over to this part of the world until like the 60s, the 70s. And that's why you probably have seen an uptick in popularity with the introduction of 
the internet and social media and things like that where we have access to information at our fingertips. But it is a personality system and the difference between the Enneagram and other systems like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or Disc Assessment is that it's not trying to tell us who we are or describing our behaviors. Instead, it outlines uh, why we do things the way that we do. So our motivations behind those behaviors. So essentially, you know, the two of you could be doing the same behavior, but the reason why you're engaging in that behavior could be different based on your Enneagram type. I love that distinction that you just made too, because on other, you know, podcast episodes that we've done or personally have dove into who we are and deeper, but this is really about the why we do things behind uh, the reasoning behind our actions. Is my understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's like the why, the how, the reason why. So for example, you know, let's say that two people hate conflict but they're two different Enneagram types. And so the reason why they hate conflict could be completely different based on their type. It kind of makes me think of the word Dharma, like your soul's purpose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Every, we could be coming here to the table for similar reasons, but like the purpose innately, we're coming from a totally different place. Our numbers are very different. Mm-hmm. And knowing you, like, yeah, I can totally see that. It's like, we've talked about, human design and we're talking about like these different systems or these I don't want to say labels but they kind of are mm-hmm. and it it talks like a little bit about like who you were born to be but like this is resonating differently it's like who we innately feel like we are mm-hmm. yeah or like our reasons yeah yeah and I'd love to know why you Ashton like came to be more interested in Enneagram, but I can speak, you know, for myself. And for me, it was more business and operations wise. And so I felt like the Enneagram was very easy to be able to understand. It's like a quick test to be able to take. It doesn't take too long. And then it's a lot easier to depict. But I'm curious, like, what made you so interested in the Enneagram? How did you get your start in this world of of learning this personality type test? Yeah, so I have my, I feel like my instinctual response is always that I have all of my degrees in psychology. So I've always been super interested in trying to like understand people, understand myself, things like that. And even as a young kid, like I would take all of the personality tests that I could, you know, from like the Myers-Briggs like kid edition to, you know, like in all the magazines, like what, you know, Disney princess are you or something like that. Like I just always wanted to like find out more about myself. But when I was in my master's program for community psychology, I uh, discovered the Enneagram and I just became kind of like, sounds dramatic, but captivated by the fact that it is about motivations instead of behaviors and being able to like understand each other on a deeper level not just understanding like oh this is who you are but really being able to connect with others like oh this is why you do things the way that you do maybe you know that thing that annoys me about you can be explained in some way and and i can offer more of an explanation in that sort of way yeah, and that can be helpful in the workplace, in your relationships. Yeah, I like sure. so many different areas. So you started Enneagram Ashton in 2019, and you've had quite a bit of success with that, it looks like. Mm-hmm. You're doing public speaking, you wrote a book, or multiple books. Yeah. 
That's so exciting. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. Um, I never thought that it would turn into this. I kind of just created my Instagram account because I loved what I was learning and I wanted to share it with other people. And I came home uh, one day and said, like, I think this is what I'm doing now and went and got my certification and started helping people figure out their type. And then from there, it kind of went into doing workshops virtually and in person. And now I'm lucky enough that I'm able to travel and speak to groups and really, you know, teach other people how impactful the Enneagram can be. Yeah, I love that so much. And the book that you wrote was more about relationships. Like the call, it's called The Two of Us. If you guys want to look into it, it's called The Two of Us, A Three-Year Couples Journal. So I'm curious, do you work mostly with like couples or business organizations or do you maybe do a little bit of both? Yeah, so the very first book that I wrote was called The Enneagram for Relationships. And that one was specific for relationships within the Enneagram. And then the two of us, the couple's journal, doesn't have anything to do with the Enneagram at all. It's just a fun resource for couples to use. And so I've always kind of been interested in like the way that relationships work and healthy relationships. And then when I started to be interested in the Enneagram, how relationships can be strengthened or understood better using the Enneagram. So I would say that it kind of started that way where I was doing a lot of work with relationships and now I've transitioned into doing work more with businesses, organizations, and then still some individuals and, you know, some relationship stuff at times, but mostly like those team building activities, those workshops, really, you know, leadership, things like that. Would you say that your journey with the Enneagram has changed like aligning with your personal journey like you you were interested in relationships and then interested in business and like it's slowly it's nice you're able to adapt and mold it into fit into your life like the way you want to do it in that moment yeah I think so yeah and the way or the one of the reasons why I was so interested in relationships to start is because in my previous life, I always call it in my other jobs, I always worked in domestic violence and sexual assault prevention. And on the prevention side, we teach about healthy relationships, right? And so when I started getting into the uh, Enneagram, I was like, wow, it's like two of my things kind of blending into one, like still teaching about healthy relationships, but also teaching about how the Enneagram can kind of be a part of that. And so then um, when I transitioned more into the role of, of being an entrepreneur and going out and speaking to people, and yeah, just kind of now I'm like an entrepreneur. And so I speak to other entrepreneurs and other businesses and other organizations. And so it's kind of, again, just blended into what I'm passionate about. I love that so much. And you're also a mom too, right, Ashton? Yes, I am a mom to two yeah. little ones. Yep. <laughs> Do you find that also being a mom also makes you maybe look at your children in a different way or kind of trying to figure out which Enneagram type that they are? I'm not sure how old they are. So I have a two and a half year old and then I have a two and a half month old. Oh, wow. And so I would say, you know, sometimes I look at my daughter, the two and a half year old, and I think like, oh, she's she could be this type, but you know, you can't really determine their type until they're much older and can tell you why they're doing things the way that they are or or for what reason. But what I will say is that it's helped me um, kind of understand like my own characteristics as a mom, 
we just went through a NICU stay. We were in the NICU for 31 days and having like the knowledge of the Enneagram for myself and how I was responding to that event, how my husband was responding to that event and even utilizing it with like the nurses and the doctors and the staff, you know? So I do feel like the Enneagram is super impactful in all facets of life because you're able to understand each other better. And parenting is is one of them, right? You're You're figuring out how you can, you know, round up these little people and <laughs> and be the best version of yourself, you know. I think that's a lot about just what our whole podcast is centered around is self-discovery tools, like this process of self-discovery so that we can show up understanding who we are, why we are the way that we are, and then be that person we're supposed to be for other people. Yeah, like once you have this more centered, grounded space and confidence and being comfortable in who you are it's just so much easier and easeful I guess just in your day-to-day life it's amazing when you start diving into those things so yeah I feel like that's a good transition before we start in case anybody does want to pause take a little test and then listen back um around the numbers like where's a good place for people to go to take a quiz to find their Enneagram numbers I always recommend um, the Enneagram Institute. They have the Riso Hudson Enneagram Typing Instrument, also known as the Ready, R-H-E-T-I. But I also always recommend Truity. I think they have a really great um, Enneagram test as well. Okay, great. So if you're not driving, (laughs) pause the episode if you want. Go take the little, take the test. Actually, it does take a little while. It's usually like, at least 20 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty extensive. <laughs> but I guess it kind of needs to be to get to know you. But yeah, if you if you want to pause and go take it, try those. We'll link them in the show notes and then come back and listen in. So do you typically start with number one or is it different? Like you start in the middle or how's it work? I do start with number one. Um, I used to start with number nine. I don't know because it's at the top. So everybody has like a different, some people start with eight because eight, nine, and one are part of their own grouping, which I can talk about. But I start with one just to make it easier for everybody else. (laughs) Okay. And um, people get two numbers typically, right? Like Jess, you were saying you had two numbers. So you have your main number and then you have your wing. So the wings are the numbers on either side of your main type. Your motivation will stay with your main type, but you'll take on the characteristics of the numbers on either side of your type. So most people will say that they have a wing that's stronger than the other. So you said you're a seven with an eight wing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I also think that there was two wings when I took the test. Uh, So it was a wing eight and a wing three that I could play into the characteristics of. So your wings have to be on either side. So your wings would be, as a seven, your wing would be a six and an eight. A six and an eight. Okay, cool. That makes a lot more sense. Um, So my eight played much stronger. Yeah. So most people do have one that's stronger, but you have access to both of them. It's just a part of like that development is being able to see what you lack from that type and then what you need to like develop. Hmm. Cool. I'm excited. Let's dive in. I would love for us to kind of go through each of the Enneagram types, especially if this is new for a lot of people, because I only learned about the Enneagram a couple of years ago, and it still obviously is very new to me. So I would love to learn about the different types, and then maybe we can do yeah. more specifics after that. 
Cool. So the Enneagram one is called the reformer. Their biggest desire is to be seen as a good person, to be moral, ethical, right, to do the right thing. And then their biggest fear is being seen as a bad person, doing the wrong thing, um, not being good, things like that. So they're, you know, known for being fair, just, they are known for their order, their perfectionistic tendencies, rule following, things like that. The two I had a is... little bit of one. <laughs> so does two... my husband, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's a one. He is. Yeah. Like primarily. Yeah, he's a one primarily. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. He's very orderly, very structured, very like morally. This is the way it's supposed to go. That's my husband. He's a one. And then you have parts of that in you, right, Lexi? Yeah. Yeah. We did an episode on perfectionism, actually. Oh, and that's funny. I, I do have perfectionist tendencies. I mean... I do professional organizing to an extent. Yeah. Like it's a very, it, it is a great skill that I love to have, but I have been working on easing it. Like a passing grade is still near perfect and it yeah. doesn't have to be a hundred percent, a plus, plus, plus. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, okay. So the two is the helper. Their biggest desire is to be needed, loved, wanted. And then their biggest fear is being unloved, unwanted, not needed, not appreciated, things like that. So they are typically, you know, your helpers. They're kind, caring, compassionate. They can get a little upset if they don't receive appreciation for the things that they're doing. Or sometimes they need like that heart check of like, why are you doing this thing? Like, are you being helpful because you're looking for that appreciation? Hmm. <laughs> you, you're, you seem intrigued. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, Ashton, when I took the test, I had a three as my primary. And then the one and two were like the same size, like on the little pie chart. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, like which one would be the wing. Um, but I'm resonating a lot with the helper too. And yeah, the, the reason why, like, is it for praise? But one of my love languages is like words of affirmation. So we're right there. Yeah. So there could be a couple things, right? Like you could be a three with a two wing and that's why two resonates, or you could be a two and have one and three both as your wings. And that's why you resonate with all three. So makes sense. stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What number are you? I'm a two. What is worse? You're a two. Yeah, I'm a okay. Two. That makes perfect sense with what we know about yes. you so far. I love that. Yes, it does. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. So the three is the achiever. So their biggest desire is to be successful, to be seen as competent, capable. And then their biggest fear is failure, but then also being seen as like incompetent, incapable of doing something. So they are your go-getters, they're driven, they're motivated, um, they can be workaholics, right? They tie their value into what they do a lot of times, and so they have a hard time saying no because of that. Yeah, that's a skill. I mean, I, I still resonate strongly with three, so I wonder if I've taken the person, I've taken the Enneagram test so many different times, and as you know, I'm sure sometimes different parts of seasons of your life or how you've evolved over time, how much self-work you've done, potentially you may get a different answer. Do you find that people, if they take it multiple times over the course of years, that they could potentially get a different answer or outcome? So your type should stay with you 
throughout your life. What will change are your behaviors, right? Like, mm-hmm. thank God your behaviors change that you from <laughs> age 14 to now. But your motivation should stay the same. Like, you should be able – so threes can look back on their life and think of themselves as, like, little three kids are the ones trying to, like, prove their worth – trying to get good grades, involved in all the activities, a little bit competitive, you know, so like you should be able to look back on your childhood and see some of these tendencies. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm resonating with the words you're saying uh, for one, two, and three. But like I said earlier, like, I feel as though my numbers could have changed, but they wouldn't have changed is just the reason why I was doing it have changed. So I like a handful of years ago totally would have tied the my career, my salary and everything to my self-worth, but it has been a process to let go of that idea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have more ways to help you figure out your type too that I'll go over after this. Okay. Awesome. Um the 4 is the individualist, so their biggest desire is to be seen as unique, special, different to create significance from meaning and then their biggest fear is that something is wrong with them that they're defective that they're you know just kind of um run-of-the-mill like ordinary and these these people tend to you know like to kind of march to the beat of their own drum they tend to be creative like their name suggests individualistic where they like to reflect on past experiences they value deep connections just really in tune with themselves their emotions their feelings things like that uh, neither of us have a lot to say I know. <laughs> I'm like you're on one side and I'm on the other I mean yeah. I could see like the achiever the number three having the wing of the four because I do at least like in my interior design business I do like to get a little bit more funky and creative when it comes the creative to side yeah most yeah. threes that have a four can relate to the creative piece of a four The five is the investigator. They're the most introverted of all of the Enneagram types. Their biggest desire is to um, be knowledgeable. So they want to know the things and then they want other people to know that they know the things. And then they also want to be seen as like competent and capable like the threes, but it's because of their knowledge. And then they also like to reserve or protect their resources. So whether that be like personal space or their own knowledge or their relationships, things like that. And then their biggest fear is kind of being depleted from those resources. So like their energy being depleted, but then also being seen as like arrogant or a know-it-all or just not knowing something. So they're very inside their head. They are very reserved. They would rather observe people than fully participate in life, withdrawn at times, things like that, Mm -hmm. but very smart, very wise. Yeah, I feel like I know a few of those people. I'm curious, now that you're going through all of the different numbers, do you feel like these numbers and your motive is kind of who you are at birth? Or could it be maybe how your environment played into your upbringing or the conditioning that may have been um, a part of your upbringing? Most Enneagram experts will say that it is with you from birth. Obviously, there's no true way to study or to test out that theory, but that's why you can have like siblings, for example, that have 
similar experiences, familial experiences or life experiences and have them be two completely different types because it's the way that they're perceiving the world versus how the world has shaped them. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let's dive into number six. <laughs> okay, number six is the loyalist. Their biggest desire is to um, be safe, secure, to have that like guidance from people. And then their biggest fear is typically fear itself. So they have the strongest connection with fear out of all of the types. Then they also fear being without that support, guidance, or security. So these types um, are stereotypically the ones associated with like worst case scenario thinking or anxiety or worry because they do worry, right, if they're not feeling secure in some area. And then they, you know, tend to be prepared for multiple scenarios so that they avoid the worst case scenarios and, and like to plan ahead and things like that. I'm totally thinking about the quiz now that I took and I'm like, okay, I know which questions those were and I wasn't yeah. really answering in that way. It had to yeah. do with anxiety. It was probably trying to test you for a six, which is, you know, confusing because there are people who have anxiety who aren't sixes. And then there are people who have anxiety who are sixes. And then there are people who are sixes that don't have anxiety, like generalized anxiety disorder, right? So um, really what they're talking about is like that worry, that um, self-doubt, just that need for like security. Yeah, this is so interesting now that I'm understanding the wings are partnered against your core. Like I can see a lot of the six because seven is the is my core number. Yeah. So I can I can see tendencies of the six. And I tend to be like like the loyalty piece of me or like the fear of abandonment is a piece mm -hmm. of my life that I've consistently have had to work on um, as an individual or like recognizing myself like where is that coming from or why is that coming up for me so that's that's interesting I actually haven't looked into six as much as some of the other numbers yeah cool so the seven is the enthusiast so their biggest desire is to have fun but they're also just ultimately seeking contentment so sevens tend to be the people who are looking for newness, new experiences, adventures, just on to the next thing because they're seeking that contentment. And then their biggest fear, they do have the, the FOMO, they do have that fear of missing out, but ultimately it's fear of being trapped in like any sort of emotional pain or negativity. And so again, they just move on to the next thing they just are constantly doing in order to not have to deal with that negativity. So these are the most outgoing, the most extroverted individuals on the Enneagram they, you know, are, are joyful and always looking on the bright side of things and energetic and optimistic. <laughs> and like, does that, does, with you knowing me, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, for those not watching and just listening, I'm like pointing to Jess right now because this is her in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting how you're like, it's almost like, like thrill seeking or chasing the, the newness of something, the exciting 
things. Yeah. And that actually makes a lot of sense in business for me too, because the beginning part of a project for me or the beginning part of something new is always the most exciting. And then I feel like a fizzle where I'm like, okay, now it's getting kind of boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. let me do the next thing that seems fun. Uh, but that can also be a deterrent for the consistency and discipline that's needed in order to carry forth a business idea or project because it's that in-betweenness or that middle part of the project that is the hardest for me personally because I'm like chasing the exciting parts as Lexi knows um, but just chasing like the exciting newness of it but it also um, I love that you're sharing this because it's a good reminder to myself too but also makes a lot of sense yeah and honestly, that's like one of the, that's very common for sevens. Like they have a hard time with follow through sometimes because they get bored like and yeah. they need to move on to like the next exciting thing. So then they have like all of these ideas and all of these things that they, you know, are wanting to do, but it's hard to complete the task. Yeah. And it's similar to there's some other personality tests as like they're quick starters. Is that right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and then the eight is also known as the challenger. So their biggest desire is to protect themselves and other people. Typically people who like need to be protected, like the underdogs or those are who are perceived as like um, more weak than, than the eight. And then their biggest fear is being perceived as like powerless or weak or being controlled in some way. And so these individuals, like I said, they stand up for themselves and other people. They're direct, decisive, um, you know, kind of what you see is what you get. They let you know exactly who they are and exactly how they're feeling about something and are great to have in your corner when you aren't that way. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you were saying on the flip side of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that the loyalty and the challenger can do pair together because it can also be protecting because of the loyalty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the nine is the peacemaker. So their biggest desire is to maintain a peaceful environment for themselves, for the people around them. And then their biggest fear is conflict or being separated from the people that they love. So these people are very easygoing, approachable, non-judgmental, kind of just go with the flow. But then that can also mean that they can be procrastinators or, you know, have a hard time vocalizing their needs, wants, desires, opinions, if there's a risk for any sort of conflict. Hmm. This makes so much sense with my husband, actually, because he's a one for the primary, the motive. And then, the, so you're saying that the nine and then the two would be paired together, right? So it's yeah. on either side of your core number. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the, the one has wings of a nine or a two. Okay. Yeah. It's bringing me back now hearing all the numbers again, like to this idea of your soul's purpose or your dharma and it makes so much sense. Like I have found this niche where I'm helping people and I'm creative and I'm doing these things that totally align with the numbers that I, from this quiz I took last night. And same mm -hmm. for you, Jess, like you're here to solve a need in the world of postpartum healthcare mm -hmm. and 
you have been like a self-starter going, going like every week on your Instagram, you're like, I've launched a new thing. And I'm like, girl, where are you? How are you doing? People can't keep up. I'm just kidding. In terms of mentally, I'm like, I'm a little confusing. (laughs) But it's just so nice to know, like, when you know yourself and you know your reason behind what you want to do. And then for me, like at the point that I'm at right now, it's validating is the word that I'm looking for, where it's like, I know I have found the niche that aligns with like my purpose and what I want to be here to do and how I want to serve. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I love that. Yeah, special. I also love knowing both sides. I love that you said the, the pop, the positives or like the desires, but then also the fallbacks, if you will, because mm-hmm. the more you know about those, you can then say, okay, because I know that this is a fallback of my personality or my behaviors and motives, how do I supplement that? So for me, like knowing that the follow through is hard for me, and that's something that I've learned over time working with myself, but others too, is that I'm like, how do I supplement that? Who do I need to hire? Where do I need to outsource? Because I mean, I have an incredible team within my own business. And I was telling Lexi like a couple weeks ago, like my business probably would not have been where it's at now if I did not hire and delegate because the follow through is more challenging for me. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can take any of these Enneagram numbers wherever you guys are at and know that there are the positives, the desires, but there's also the fallbacks. And it's really just about finding the puzzle piece of how to support that fallback. Um, I think that's really, really insightful and positive. Yeah, I t- and I always tell people too, like the Enneagram is not this like comfy, cozy thing that's supposed to make you feel great about yourself. Like it is going to pull out those things that kind of give you that punch in the gut feeling of like, oh yeah, I do do that or I do think that way. And like you said, it's to be able to, you know, kind of fill those gaps where where needed, but also to recognize when you're moving into that place because you know this is a tendency and then you can kind of reroute yourself if you need to. Yeah, that self-awareness is really huge. Knowing what you're what your side is when you're out of alignment, basically, so that you can focus on how to bring yourself back to who you are meant to be, Mm -hmm. how you're meant to serve. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how the Enneagram also is very individual based, but it seems like it's an incredible test for a team where you have multiple people that all have different Enneagram numbers, different motives, different desires, different fallbacks. So knowing each other's Enneagram number can also be helpful when you're working in a team setting too. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, you know, let's take the two of you, for example, right? You're going to have different strengths. You're going to have different areas where you can fill in each other, fill in those gaps for each other. And knowing, simply knowing each other's Enneagram types, you can be more aware of that information, right? So if one of you is struggling with follow through or like great at generating the idea for a podcast script, but then the follow through is is difficult, you can kind of come in and know that instead of getting frustrated of why it's not happening, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) just in like the last few months of starting a podcast together, we've learned so much about each other just in... I mean, we were friends to start and related on like the side of being mothers and then add this business piece to it. And we totally recognize like how she thinks so much differently than I think, but it's actually a strength as a team that we can bring those two different things to the table. 
Yeah. I also think it's important that we have done that self-work to to be able to know those strengths and weaknesses and be upfront with that. And that's where like tests like the Enneagram can be so powerful because it can create an environment where people are fostering independence, but also really good teamwork if they know what those strengths and weaknesses are uh, right. versus just assuming with emotion only like, oh, this like you mentioned, like being frustrated at this person because they don't understand that person. But the more that we understand ourselves as individuals, we then can understand each other. So I like that this test can do that. It can help you understand yourself deeper, but also help you understand how to work in a team environment or, you know, as a business partnership better too. And understand your weaknesses so that you can recognize why and when you've been triggered by somebody else's totally different style and reasoning like it might bring up a triggering reaction to you but then being able to say like oh like this is why they are the way they are and i am the way i am and neither of us are wrong neither of us are right we just have a different reason we have like a different path to the finish line basically neither is better than the other just like hold hands on our own trails (laughs) exactly yeah. Are you a are you a one woman show over there? Or do you have a team that you uh, utilize the Enneagram test with? I also have a team. So again, it's helpful for me to be able to delegate, you know, some of my areas of growth, I like to call them some things that I might struggle with. And I'm able to pull in people who are much better at it, i.e. organization. So again, understanding those areas for me has been really helpful with my business as well. Wonderful. Uh, Well, I, anything else, Lexi, I'm like, I want everyone to go follow Ashton and continue to learn about the Enneagram through you because I just look on your page. I've learned so much um, and you provide such valuable content that it's so helpful for a beginner or someone who is more advanced at learning the Enneagram. Yeah, I went to your page last night and found like your recommended quiz from your links, took it, I went back to your page and was scrolling through your content. I know you have like some stories pinned where you can find your Mm -hmm. number and then read the different things. And that's how I was easily able to like start learning a little bit more about myself and my numbers. So Ashton's made it really like user friendly, like go to her Instagram page and you're set guys, go (laughs) go work with Ashton too, or hire her to speak. So yeah, tell us a little, like, if you've got anything else that you're offering right now, anywhere else you want people to find you or ways to work with you. So yeah, on June 20th, actually. So on June 20th, my course is going live. I was previously offering it as a live course, and now it's going to be pre-recorded so people can watch it on their time. It's called From Curious to Confident, and it gives you information on all nine types, including everything you want to know about each of the types, Enneagram in childhood, in the workplace, um, healthy versus unhealthy quality, stress, growth, literally everything you want to know about it. And that goes live on the 20th. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of work. Where can, people... of work. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find that test? Is it on your Instagram or a specific uh, website? Yeah, so I in my links, I have um, the Truity test linked to take the Enneagram test. And you can also find everything that I am up to on my Instagram, on my website. 
it's all linked. <laughs> yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes for everybody as well so they can come and find you, Ashton, and follow along in your journey. Thank you for being here. I like... I'm so excited to have a new tool. I like, I love self-discovery tools. I'm like addicted a little bit. Yeah. So, so teach me more. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and, you for having me. And congrats on your newest little. And I know you have two little kids at home to attend to as well. So we thank you for your yeah. time and your yeah. grace um, talking with us and educating more about the Enneagram. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.